Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors podcast sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything. All right, everybody. How's it going? So uh, welcome back to the Babbling Pastors podcast this week. We're uh, in the middle of this month talking about preaching styles. Was that a good way to put it? Preaching modes, models, whatever you want to call it. I like the word model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that works. Sure. Um, how, how to preach, how people are preaching. That's what we're talking about. So the first week we talked through Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd. The second week, last week, we talked about Matt Chandler and Jeff Vanderstelt. And this week we're talking about the Godfather, uh, R.C. Sproul. What's the, wrong with you people? The, the, <laughs> the kingpin himself, R.C. Sproul and uh, John Jonathan Edwards Piper. Is that really his middle name? No, I just made that up. <laughs> no, John Piper and R.C. Sproul. That's our uh, subject matter for this week. All right. Uh, so I think it, it, we should say right off the bat, so we talked about Matt Chandler last week, and Matt Chandler points to Piper as someone that deeply influenced him because of the uh, Desiring God book. So uh, have you read that? You got that? I, I do, yes. Okay. I haven't. I haven't read all the way through it. I'm bad at reading. That's true. That's a distinction. We have many books. Doesn't not mean all you've read them all. Read. That's true. I have plenty of books in my shelves that I have not read, yeah. and more that I want to buy that I probably won't read for a long time. So <laughs> you keep doing that. I'll borrow them. If yeah, I it's just it's just how it rolls. Uh, so R.C. Sproul and John Piper. Let's. Um, oh, man, this is going to be so distinctively different than the other podcasts that we've had. Um, in no category under the sun, other than like, you remember MTV, they used to do those claymation wrestling matches, <laughs> the, uh, 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 celebrity death match. Yeah. So yeah. if there were ever to be, no, I've never seen pitted, that like extremes against each other. So if MTV were to do a celebrity death match, it'd be like a, a RC Sproul versus a Mike Todd. <laughs> oh, bro. That's not even a good fight. Well, I didn't say it'd be a good fight, but it'd be comedical or comedical, yeah. comical. Yeah. Uh, so, it'd be hilarium. There you go. This is make up words. So uh, the reason these are so distinctively different is because they don't even follow the same pattern at all. Um, so I, I want to start with Sproul. Are you good with that? Yeah. All right. So he's dead in case you don't know, you guys. Uh, R.C. Sproul died. Uh, one of the, probably the first of like the really great theologians of like the 20th century, probably our time. Yeah. Yeah, That, that passed away. Um, but I'll link again, the, the sermons that we're talking about, but the one thing, and I'd like to pick your brain about this, obviously this is why we're doing this podcast, but, um, what I took away from not only the sermon we listened to with Sproul, (laughs) but all of the things that he does is that he takes a text, he'll work through it. He's not like we talked about last on the last uh, podcast. He's not like MacArthur. He doesn't do verse by verse necessarily. Uh, he yeah. does have a lot of uh, examples. I don't know if I call it story, but a lot of examples, illustrations, illustrations yeah. uh, to draw out of that. But in his sermons, he's always so careful to, to make sure that if you're in there and you don't know who Jesus is, or if you think you know who Jesus is, but you really don't know, that he's going to call you out on that. Um, and I say that in the way that, I mean, I think that's a, a truthful statement because even at the, so the sermon that we're going to reference, it was at a pastor's conference. 
But even at the pastor's conference, the dude is laying it down that you need, you know, if you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus, yeah. uh, which is just a boss move. If you ask me, you're talking to a bunch <laughs> of pastors being like, Hey y'all, some of y'all ain't saved. So, um, uh, and drawing them to that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the one thing Piper does that a little, but I think that's one of the big calls that I see in Sproul and every one of the things he's always presenting the gospel message clearly but deeply as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think so if it, if it's me, I think, um, Furtick and Todd that week is going to make me feel really great when I leave about, uh, where I'm at. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the middle two Chandler and Vanderstelt, those two guys, are going to make me leave excited to be a Christian and wanting to run out and do, do this thing, you know, just like pumped. Mm -hmm. These two guys want make you leave wanting to repent and learn theology. Right. <laughs> I mean, like they're just, they're yeah. dude, just, am I even saved? <laughs> right. Like this is Babe Ruth. We're talking about, I think, I mean, in our era, that's Babe Ruth hands down yeah. RC Sproul. Well, and yeah. both of them in their, so let's talk about methodology because again, I'm trying to keep this as consistent as possible. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, yeah, their methodology is. is different than I think the previous guys we've talked about in both regards in the sense that when they preach, they're presenting within the text that they're preaching from arguments that they know their audience is going to ask. So um, yeah. whether it is, I, I, I just trying to recall before we started recording the, the sermon that Sproul preached, but I know, uh, I think it was from Romans where he's talking about nobody has an excuse because God has clearly demonstrated himself, but he's talking, he gives examples of, well, you may think that, you know, some people are searching after God because they are a spirituality, but they're not really. And he's, he's the point in all of that is he's addressing the questions that he knows people are going to present in regards to what he's saying. Um, Piper does something very similar um, I know this isn't the sermon we watched, but I watched the one that he gave at Passion 2020, and mm -hmm. he did yeah, the same thing. Yep. Uh, he, he's presenting continuously, okay, here's the text, here's what I know you're probably going to argue about, and here's the answer to your argument before you ask it. Um, and, and doing so from a biblical stance of what he's preaching from, not from a, some arbitrary, maybe this yep. is the meaning, but saying this is the hardcore stance. This is what it means. Here's probably going to be your argument, but it's, it's null and void anyway because of the text. So, yeah, I, I, I agree completely with that. I, those, these two guys are, um, well, I think when I use the term Babe Ruth, uh, it kind of solidifies what I think about. I, I you don't think they're good. Honestly, you think they're, they're not think, MVP players? Yeah, I think they're both fat pitchers that didn't last long in the pitchers. No, that's <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. Um, uh, R.C. Sproul. So uh, for me, the the only thing that I could think of that that would uh, be well, we'll get into negative, but it's not even really negative. It's just uh, I think. It's just a different way of, of looking at uh, speaking and preaching these guys have. I will say, R.C. Sproul almost exclusively preaches for about 30 minutes, mm -hmm. which compared to literally everyone else we've talked about and will, that's 
that's little bitty and he can pack such heavy stuff into that 30 minutes that it's ridiculous. Well, I think that goes back to methodology. So these guys come from a time where you were basically taught, here's three points, here's 30 minutes, this is what you got to do, and then you're done. Like there's a time mm-hmm. clock. There is a stop. There's, like, you have this, this boundary. Don't go outside of it. Uh, whereas a lot of these new guys are like either so like Chandler will make fun of himself all the time that there's going to be an hour. Sorry, just get prepared for it. Um, and then like with verdict or Todd, it's always like the spirits moving. We ain't going to quench it. Let's keep going. Whereas the, like, like a, a Piper and a scroll came from a time where, okay, this is the amount of time you have. So you better use it wisely. Yeah. And this is what you're going to have. So I think that's why they're both able to do that. It's because of how they've been, that's how they train themselves. It's how they were taught. It's something I think if we're talking about something we can learn from them, um, that's something right there is uh, lots of times if I'll preach a sermon, I'm like, oh, I've got to cut this out. I've got to leave this out instead of thinking, okay, well, what can I cut that's not necessary to include this in? And, you know, like, well, we don't have time for this. I hate saying that and I hate it when people say it because if it's that important, why aren't you including it? And if it's not that important, why are you even mentioning it? So yeah. uh, I think that's something like if we're talking about methodology for these guys is that they say, okay, I have 30 minutes. How much gospel truth can I fit into this? And how can I present it to both those that are saved and those that need to be saved? Yeah. Um, and hit both of them so hard and on the head, being gentle with the sinner that's far from Christ, bringing them in, but with the person that is either been a Christian for a while or is self-righteous and religious, pounding them with a hammer, uh, mm-hmm. but applying the right amount of pressure to both people. So, yeah, it's a you cannot listen to either one of these men. You can't listen to them or watch their videos without um, clearly seeing how much resolve is there to make sure that when they're preaching that God is talking, not them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so part of what you lose with that is probably the engagement, right? You, anybody, anybody that goes to elevation church would sleep all the way through an RC Sproul sermon. Right. Or ask because, where the spirit was. <laughs> right. Because it, he, he's not a, an energetic all over the place, anything even close to that kind of speaker. Mm-hmm. Again, that doesn't mean he doesn't know his audience. He does, and it works for yeah. the people that he preaches at conf- would preach at conferences and things like that. So the audience is different, and that makes a difference. But I think their speaking style, you know, that's just who they're going to be no matter the audience. Well, right? yeah, so I think that's a very important distinction. So to know your audience and preach how you need to preach is one thing. To know your audience but let them influence how you preach is a totally different thing. Yeah. So it, it, it's to know them. So, you know, what get some hyped, you know, about what they're doing, like, and to let that kind of influence what you do is one thing. Whereas knowing how you preach and knowing your audience and kind of uh, preaching in a manner that will connect to them, but doesn't change your style and the gift that God's given you. So that leads into something when you were talking that it reminds me of these guys, both of them. So Piper, for example, preached at Passion 2020. No one else there probably shares his theology, right? So 
that's the distinctive thing about John Piper is if they're in his camp or if they're not in his camp, he doesn't care. He's going to go and preach wherever he can preach, no matter what. Okay, you invite me, I'm going to come. Like, you don't agree with me? Fine. Uh, now, there are probably lines to that in a regard. Sure. But in general, I've never seen, like, he, he goes places that you'd be like, why is he there? <laughs> um, and then Sproul, same thing to an extent. Like, he would definitely go outside of denominational boundaries and preach in conferences. So, for example, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know a ton about this, but some people might not know. Him and John MacArthur have distinctively different views on certain issues, baptism, head coverings, things like that. But they were, be- they were friends. And they got they invited each other to each other's conferences, um, so that uh, they would they would go. My point is, he would go outside of his camp, so to speak, in order to preach. Where you don't see a lot of guys nowadays doing that, right? So you're not going to see, um, for example, uh, a Matt. Well, Matt Chandler does that a little bit too, but most well, of Francis guys, Chan actually got in a bunch of trouble for doing that. Some. Yeah. Not like not long ago. Yeah. So you're going to see guys cross those lines. They're going to get heat for it a lot. Um, so, and yep. again, there are definitely lines that you want to be careful on. Sure. Um, but these guys set a really good example of saying, look, I don't care what you believe. I'm going to come preach the gospel regardless. And again, there's yep. a lot of details and discussions. You can get into just that, but that's the distinctive that I see in both of those guys. That say, look, you you hold differences in secondary opinions, but hey, whatever, I can come preach there too, and it kind of you know same message, different sort of you know home, I guess. Yeah, I I can see either one of those two men um, being men who you could you could um, have a conversation with them, no matter what your background or theological stances are, and you can have a grown-up conversation without anybody going, well, you're a heretic and a loser and you need to get out of here, right? Yeah. And there there are some very famous, I mean, people that I would listen to, right, that could not do that. Or I, I don't think, I think there are people out there that, that aren't, they're, they're very good preachers, they have great theology, at least it matches what I believe or whatever, but... Um, but it it takes a special kind of per- Ravi Zacharias is another guy. He, yeah, mm-hmm. on he purpose puts himself into those positions that no matter what uh, you know the other people think, he's there to influence, right? Not to be influenced or not to paint yeah. the picture that he agrees. So yeah, they they do that really well. Yeah, and I think that's something that we can example wise we can take from a lot of times is just be like, okay, well. And both of those guys. So and when we're talking about methodology, obviously, like we said last podcast, it affects a lot of your theology or your theology and methodology are tied together. So how you present says a lot about how you hold the word of God. Mm-hmm. And both of yeah. those guys, like like you said, you're not going to go away wondering, well, I wonder if they love Jesus <laughs> or I wonder like if if they hold the, the Bible highly because yeah. their entire sermons are from that, uh, which I mean, then we'll get into content, I guess, but though neither one of them are necessarily verse by verse they're both very uh, expositional in the way that they do things so and i know some people might not know that so let's give give an opportunity here in expositional preaching could you define that since the last podcast i defined some things (laughs) okay Uh, expositional is um you give an exposition of a text 
Dobro nas. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so you you would you take sure you're a, not a professor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I I was, but um I wasn't tenured and I just lost that. Anyway, it's not important. So, um so, <laughs> No. So, uh exposition all it, it is really simple. It, it's just you take um a specific text um and you you dive into it and and um uh, expound on ex- exposition that's kind of where the term comes from you expound on what that text means what the original author right meant to when when he was writing it to his original audience and in the context of all of the that chapter and that book and that Bible, right? In in the the little context and the big context, uh, what does God mean by putting it there to say to the reader, right? So, it's it's very much text driven. It's you take the text, you take it apart, you um, from taking it apart and and examining it, you. Uh, come to the conclusion of what the big idea is about when you have that big idea that's where the sprawls and the pipers begin to build their sermon around it yep so um obviously i mean there's not a whole lot we can say about their content because their content is all of the text they're looking at (laughs) so there's not a lot of additional things there like i mean yeah so i mean I don't think Piper uses a lot of analogies hardly ever. Sproul does. Sproul uses a lot of analogies in order to build yep. out his the, the bigger like the point to an understandable nature. But um, but they both do it in such a way that and and I think this is where some people would call it. And this isn't a negative, but maybe this is something you had down as a possible negative. I think this is where some people would put them in a category uh, of boring, boring, or religious, or or, or those types of categories where they're like, well, we're not going to listen to them because, you know, there's, there's, there's no revelation, there's no spirit, there's no emotion, they're just boring. Um, and I think that's where that, where the, I don't know if you want to call them camps, I use them camps, people get mad at that term, it's what it is. But where you would have charismatics look and sprawl and be like, well, he's, he's not, you know, he's not receiving any new revelation and sprawl would have said, this is my revelation. Right. Uh, I mean, and that's where you, you get people where they're like, well, this is boring or this isn't good. Where in fact, it probably has more depth than five minutes of somebody else's, you know, four yep. minute really preaching. So the negative of that, if there would be any, is that, um, and again, I think that comes down to uh, the audience really of somebody being like, well, not their audience, the maturity of the person listening. I'll just put that out there. Um, is that if you're not mature enough to sit down and actually learn, then that is an issue. Um, but I think that's where some people would put them. It's a boring category, old. I mean, if you look at John Piper, they're like, oh, he's not dead? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you're like, well, he used to have more hair. But I mean, yeah. you look at him and you, you think, well, this is going to be old man preaching style where he has a lot of depth and content and a lot to say still, even, I think he's like 80 or something. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to guess how old he is. He's, I, I know it's got to be close to that. He's, uh, he's been 60 for about 40 years. So, um, but <laughs> he, I, I think, um, it's, 
you actually one of the things I have written down as a as a negative is kind of what you just said. If if you didn't come to that conference or church or whatever, if you didn't come wanting longing to hear the word of God, you're going to snore. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you you've got to you've got to be coming to hear these men. Um oh, uh, let let's preface that by saying obviously the spirit um can keep you awake if he's got, you know. Yeah. But but by and large if we're just just going to judge on um technique and things like that. Um then these these two guys are very much um of all the people that we've talked about this month they're very much the two that are more monotone uh quieter mm-hmm. less energetic and and moving around and um yeah. sproles excited is like a low roar <laughs> right right i will say though that they're both very good at like inflection yeah that, right? that's a good point they, they they both really are like you can still if you're paying attention to them preaching you can still very much hear their um passion yeah and yeah the things that they care about are still going to be evident they're just not going to be as obvious Mm -hmm. as you know running across the stage and shouting and that kind of stuff so well i think we need to define so the term and maybe it's just because i talk to a lot of people outside of what like my theological bubble would be but when you say the word like um receive you know hear from the word or things like those terms, those mean different things in different people's ears. So certain people would be like, receive a word. I think. In oh, the, okay. Calm down. In the Furtick <laughs> pod camp, they'd be like, yeah. well, what that means is if I feel something or if, you know, or if I'm like emotionally, you know, yep. something that I mean, emotionally comes up. And again, I'm not saying that that's not incorrect because different people process things differently. So for example, um, there's people that they are very emotional worshipers as far as their hands up or their, you know, just they cry or, and there's some people that can be very touched, but you're not going to know it. <laughs> you're going to think they're dead, but they yeah. are internally, they're very deeply worshiping. Um, and I think again, this is where, what we've talked about before, like, even if you don't like the methodology, it is worth taking a minute and listening to one of these sermons. So, I mean, like I've said in the previous podcast, I cannot stand. I like, I have to take my head off of the wall when I'm listening to Furtick because I'm banging it against it so much. But there are some things that I can, that I, that I learn hesitantly from watching him uh, or listening as far as his methodology. And I think there's a lot of things that people could learn from these two guys as well, which is why I'm so like, I am, I am excited that Piper goes to places like passion 2020 and still preaches because those kids that are there literally would never know who he is. If he didn't do that, like they would have no clue who, I mean, they, they definitely know who Levi Lusco is, but they would have no idea John Piper is half of them after they left probably don't know who John Piper was, but half of them did. And half of them went home and they looked him up and they Googled him and they listened to more of his stuff. And that's why I think it's important for guys like him to be in those places and in those situations. Because what I found, especially online, for example, I posted a meme. It was 12 different pastors. Some of them reformed, some of them charismatic, some of them 
you know, like the Stephen Furtick's of the world. And what I found was in the comment section, a lot of people from the reform camp had no clue who Michael Todd was. And a lot of people from like the charismatic camp had never heard of R.C. Sproul before. And I'm like, yeah. how in the world did you never heard of R.C. Sproul or how have you never heard of Mike Todd? Um, but a lot of the times when we get like in our own little bubble, we're like, I'm not going outside that bubble. Like, forget it. And, yeah. and especially if you look at R.C. Sproul, you're like, well, I'm not listening to that guy. Like, look at him. Or if you look <laughs> at a Mike Todd and be like, I don't listen to people in skinny jeans and I ain't never listened to nobody in skinny jeans. How <laughs> dare you? And you just, you're like, I ain't doing it. I do it. Look, I, that's, that's what they call hashtag hipster. I ain't doing it. <laughs> so you, you just limit yourself. And again, I'm not saying you're going to agree with everything he says, but take a minute and listen to it and say, okay, this is what I listen to. Is that, and this is where the, all these podcasts for me come back to. Does it point back to the word? Can I put their preaching up against the word and does it hold or does it not hold? And that for me is yep. the biggest distinction. That's the plumb line. Yep. Yeah. We, um, it's, we've tried though. I'm not sure how successful it's been oh, to, to, just, to just, to <laughs> just, we, we've tried to just, um, stick to methods of preaching, right. Mm -hmm. Of, to these guys. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, despite all of the methods um, or how you do it, uh, the actual specific things that you focus on to make sure that you do it well, whatever. Um, all of that has to be secondary to what you just said. All, every bit of it is secondary to, okay, this, this is the word of God, right? And if no matter who it is or who's preaching, if what they say is not accurate with this, then they're wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that really is, it's, it really is as simple as that. That's the very bottom line. It, it, we, um, I run in, I run across in the kind of church world. I know you and I both will agree with this. Um, there, there are so, so many people who just come Sunday or whenever to be fed right? And never actually learn to cook some ramen on their own. Yeah. Right. And, well, and the, the point is you, you need to be in a place where you can, um, you know, you can see if, if what they're saying is, uh, biblical or not, if it jives with God's word or if it doesn't. So, yeah. so what I would challenge anybody that's listening to do look, so all of the sermons that we've talked about this month, you could listen to and probably, I mean, it's going to take less than four hours, but you could listen to them in four hours. Back Those back. first two took four hours. Well, it's because you're pausing so much. <laughs> but, Kidding. Sorry. Right. You could listen just, to all of these in an afternoon. I yeah. did. I did. I yep. listened to them, to them all straight through twice while I was at work in an afternoon. So it's possible. But I would challenge you to do that for this reason. As you're listening every time something comes up and you go, I'm not sure about that. Or like a little red flag comes up and say, well, that was weird. I wonder why they said that. Or like, just here's the thing. And like what you said, I totally agree with. There's a lot of people. And I was like that forever. Yeah. Oh church, yeah. Yep. Listen to a sermon and just be like, okay, well that must be true. And I'm not saying that you should criticize your pastor or whoever you listen to a thousand times every time they preach. But what I'm saying is that we as Christians really need to have our brains 
tuned into the fact that when somebody does say something that's off, a flag goes up. Yep. But we can only be attuned to that if we're in the word, if we're looking at the Bible ourselves, if we understand, you know, hermeneutics and what context means and what the difference between eisegesis and exegesis mean. Like here, I posted something about the other day and I got a ton of DMs asking what the difference between exegesis and eisegesis was. Now, I don't expect everybody to know the terms of the definitions, but even when I explained it, some people were like, well, I never thought of it that way. So sometimes we've just grown up in a tradition where we assume that we're supposed to read ourselves into the text. I mean, that just, that's all somebody's heard forever. They didn't know there was another way to do it. So I would just encourage you guys to listen through all of these sermons and just say, do, do red flags pop up at all for anybody? Or am I just listening going, okay, well this all, because I can, mm -hmm. here's the thing guys, spoiler alert. You're not going to listen to all six of these sermons and be like, well, those are all right, because they're distinctively different in a lot of regards. There's You're no definitely way. definitely a robot if you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way there's not going to be something that pops up and goes, well, I question that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so, and again, some of that does come down to your theology. But I would ask you, are you, uh, what it comes down to, like what you said, the most important thing, are they preaching the word? Or as you said, I think it was in a previous context or a uh, previous podcast are they taking the idea and making it something that it's not saying in the actual text because that's the big difference so yeah um you know if you're a sermon nerd as i am <laughs> just go ahead and listen through all of those and see if there's something that pops up because they are distinctively different i would argue that um two of them i'm not going to name who um aren't doing it correctly so yeah verdict uh I'm sorry. Do you need a cough drop? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. But um, so to go back to the, the we'll, we'll end here um, on the positives and negatives of the uh, Piper RC Sproul. Um, you want to go first or want me to go first? I don't know. I just found 25 bucks. Hey, the Lord has brought you through your Red Sea. In my Bible. <gasps> it, tell me that is straight from God. Everyone. Prosperity gospel. This is wait. He provideth for you in your time of need. <laughs> hey, you got your white jacket there that you can hit somebody with? Yeah. Um, no, I have a black jacket. I don't know. It's yeah, not it the is, Benny Hinn edition, but it might work. Yeah, it might. It doesn't have any gold on it, so I don't oh, know. Gosh. Anyway, what were you down. saying? I don't even know I'm what sorry. we're talking the, about right now. <laughs> the positives and <laughs> negatives of both of these guys. You want me to go first? You want to go first? I'll, I'll just go. I, I don't. I, we're probably going to echo one another a little bit. I, I imagine so. I think that the positives for me are both of these men. You can tell that they um, pay attention and really study uh, what they they know what they're presenting to you, right? Mm -hmm. And not only do they know it, they are extremely convinced and passionate mm -hmm. about what they're saying to you. They're they're just. They're amazing, and you can tell um, that uh, even uh, no matter the subject, right, it always goes back to give you a picture of how glorious God is and how um, uh, amazing and glorious and undeserved the gospel is and Jesus Christ. And they always take you back to a place where I think you couldn't sit through either one of these men. If you're a Christian, you couldn't sit through either any of these guys and uh, not at the end be worshiping somewhat. 
right? If you're paying attention to what they're saying, they're going to lead you to a place where uh, you're just worshiping at the end. You're, you can't believe all over again how magnificent God is, right? Um, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing for me. And that happens because they take um, the Bible, they take the scriptures, they, they take all these, everything that is, they take it very seriously, mm-hmm. right? It, it is what they live for. It's, you know, and, um, and you have to, you have to care about the, you know, keeping your audience's attention and things like that. But those are um, secondary isn't even the right word, but it makes the point. Those are vastly less important than, um, than preaching the word of God as it is, uh, because he can do a lot more with that than eloquent speech, as Paul said anyway. So, yeah. And I think the bad would, would just be if I had to pick some bad stuff or dangerous things, it simply would be that maybe they, they, they aren't engaging enough for some people to be able to sit through mm-hmm. if you, and in this day and age when everything is video and visual and all this stuff that goes on, um, it's hard to sit through, you know, people that don't read a book, you know, once a year, maybe uh, that's, it's hard to sit through a sermon by someone who isn't really engaging or trying to engage on purpose. So, yeah, I would say those are very similar. You're right. We're probably going to echo each other a little bit. I think Piper recognizes that last point though. And, uh, especially that last one I saw on the 20 at passion 2020, like purposely was trying to, it seemed like more so than normal engage people as far as questions and stuff. Um, but I would agree. Yeah. Now the one thing that like that I did have is that, um, and I, cause I knew when we talked about these guys, what would come up was that they knew their Bible like really well. Um, now my argument would be for all, was it six of these guys that we've done in the podcast, they would know their Bible in terms of reference and narrative. So what I mean by that is that Todd and Ferdick, Ferdick way more than Todd can reference something out of nowhere. Like if you've watched him at conferences and I would say all these guys at any conference at a Q and a can sit down and tell you chapter and verse that something happened. Like they're able to yeah. pull, like, I'm jealous of that ability. I have to have notes galore to remember my name, but they can like just pull this out of their head. So I don't think it's an issue of like knowing the Bible. I think part of it is knowing like what you said with both of these guys, knowing that at the end of the day, the most important thing bar none is that people are clearly told about who God is. Yep. And what he's done. And uh, I'll get flack for this, but I always get flack for it. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Ferdict knows, and Mike Todd does too, the word. Mike Todd and Ferdict and guys like him, like Carl Lentz, all these guys know the word. Like they know it. I'm not questioning that at all. They know more Bible by memory than I probably do. I guarantee that. But the application of it is, is, is troubling. Whereas with Sproul and Piper, it is all about like the content of that, all about it. So if you were to put them on the same level and say, okay, guys, so let's, so what we talked about last podcast was that, uh, that Matt and Jeff are like the medium of both of these, like all six of these guys, Matt, is like the medium. So if you tell, for example, Ferdick or Todd, here's a pulpit, here's the Bible, stand behind it and don't move. 
and just preach the content, but stay within your character. So, I mean, you can move a little bit, but like no ups and downs. You're not calling the band out at the end to bring some emotional high, like stand here and be you, but preach it from the word. And you do the same thing to Piper and Sproul, for example, and say, okay, be you, but stand here and preach the word. I think what's going to, what's going to be shown is that if they're held, if their anchor has to be that text, preaching clearly that text and that alone, you're going to see a big difference there as far as what the product, the end product is. And that I think is, I mean, with these podcasts, with this section here is what the big point for me is that if you take everything else away, you take the big crowd away, you take the band away, you take the lights away, you take all of everything away at the end of the day. And you just say, okay, preach this text with no one clapping at you, no one cheering you, no one going, that's so good. Like you take that away. Okay. And you say, okay, you're basing this totally, not on the response of the audience at all, yeah, but on what your content is. For me, that's what like I hope people see within these podcasts is saying, look, I'm not questioning any of these guys' salvation. I'm not saying any of them are closer to Jesus no. than the rest of them. I mean, you're not saying that either. But saying, okay, let's look at the content then. Methodology we can learn from, but content influences that methodology. So yep. I'm sorry. I just looked at the clock and I'm talking a long time. <laughs> that's okay. I don't know what the – you're the only one with the clock. We could be at – 28 minutes or 48 minutes i have no idea oh we're closer to the 48 so all right well (laughs) hey keep listening yeah um so anyway that that's my big takeaway from this i'm a little nervous for the next episode where we have to look at ourselves well i mean we're better than these guys so oh okay well i'll let you explain that next episode (laughs) uh yeah i don't think it's gonna happen bro all right, so just give away next episode. Obviously, um, do you have any endpoints on these guys before we uh, close out? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't really think so. I, I, my good and bad and ugly stuff has has kind of explained everything that I think. I, I really respect both of these guys, and I think that it's it's crazy how Piper, um, specifically, can influence. Uh, people my grandparents age and people younger than me yeah like at the same time yeah he's he's and i think if, if for someone if they if you rightly handle the the text and scripture that's possible for anyone i i think anybody that preaches i think can do that it's just it he's he's very spirit filled Ooh, that's another word. <laughs> walk away. You can't drop the mic. So you just walk away from the mic. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to lift the whole thing up. Uh, don't do that. Ugly. Bring your whole audience. No, but he, he pays special attention to, to make sure that he's, in fact, I've heard him say that before he walks up every Sunday morning or whatever the event is, before he walks up to the stage to preach, he has um, a scripture in mind or whatever, and he's claiming a promise. He's praying specifically before he goes up, like, you do this, not me. I don't even know what I'm doing here. All that kind of stuff. He's very humble about it. And that's why God uses him. Yeah. All right. So next time we will be talking a little bit about us and what we can learn from these guys and a little bit of wrap up too, probably from what we haven't necessarily had talked about here. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching and thank you for commenting. Even if you don't like it, I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, keep watching anyway. Yeah, just keep finding, feel the fire of your hate. Have a great day.